This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Here's Kathy White. The forecast is calling for some clouds around today. Temperatures warming up into the upper 30s to around 40. Parts of western and northern New York are getting a chance to dig out of the record-breaking snow that started early Friday morning and dumped 77 inches of snow outside of Buffalo at Orchard Park. Two men reportedly died as a result of cardiac issues suffered while trying to clear the snow. The New York State Division of Consumer Protection Services is warning people wanting to help those affected by the snow disaster to be careful as scams always crop up in the wake of emergency situations as criminals attempt to prey on good intentions. You should always check the legitimacy of an organization, be wary of high-pressure tactics, pay attention to vague claims like proceeds benefit charity, do not disclose personal information, and avoid giving cash. As the Twin Tiers has gotten a few substantial snow squalls and bursts of accumulating snow on the roadways, authorities this morning weren't sure if weather played a part in a three-vehicle pileup on Route 17 near Vestal last evening. A passenger vehicle became disabled on the highway westbound at the River Bridge before the Route 26 exits. A tractor trailer slammed into the car that had not been able to get off the road. Then another possible road crew truck smashed into the back of the tractor trailer all at around 8.21 last evening. There were no injuries. Vestal police are still wading through the details of a big brawl at a popular restaurant on Thursday in which witnesses reported seeing a gun and at least one person suffered a cut to the head. Police were called to Kampai Japanese Steakhouse after four men entered the restaurant shortly after 10 p.m. and began fighting with a large group of people who had been at the restaurant for some time. No gun has been recovered. There was no evidence of gunplay and at last report no arrests directly connected to that altercation. Altercation. Federal prosecutors say a Palmyra, Pennsylvania man will serve 40 years in federal prison for a murder committed while he was trafficking methamphetamine from Indiana and Southern California to Cortland. 39-year-old Kyle Lapierre pleaded guilty to being part of the conspiracy that involved a Groton woman and five others and resulted in Lapierre tying up a middleman with zip ties, then shooting him eight times in the desert in Barstow, California, killing him in 2019. Three members of a Pennsylvania family arrested when authorities found illegal weapons during a traffic stop on Upper Front Street earlier this year will be reporting to a probation officer for the next five years. 56-year-old Robert Applegate II of Kinzer's 31-year-old Robert Applegate III of Lancaster and 28-year-old Glenn Applegate of Kinzer were each charged with three felony counts of criminal possession of a weapon. They all pleaded guilty to attempted criminal possession of a weapon in Broome County Court. The long-delayed plans to refurbish and move the over 100-year-old carousel at Ross Park Zoo are finally started. The 59 horses, two chariots, rounding boards, and other components have been shipped off to a carousel restoration company in Connecticut. The city of Binghamton had gotten a half million dollars from New York State for the restoration in 2015, but the project was delayed due to the plan's approval snags and other complications. Local families and friends who have lost loved ones to suicide had a chance for healing over the weekend. 
Broome County Suicide Awareness for Everyone, otherwise known as BC Safe, and the United Health Services, along with American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, hosted an International Survivor of Suicide Loss Day at General Hospital on Saturday. UHS and BC Safe has hosted the Survivor Day event for the past five years, where many loss survivors say they have had an opportunity to really know they're not alone in their experience of losing someone they know and love to suicide. For more information about the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, go to AFSP.org. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast. Today, clouds a high in the upper 30s. Winds could be gusting as high as 26 miles per hour, making it feel much colder. Partly cloudy tonight, a low in the mid-20s. Winds gusting as high as 23 miles an hour. Mostly sunny on Tuesday, a high in the low to mid-40s. Wednesday, sunny a high in the Power mid 40s. The Thanksgiving Day, it. mostly sunny, we'll a high in the upper 40s. This is where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Joseph Live, Monday morning, with my Monday dancing shoes. 
Good morning. We welcome you to the broadcast. And, of course, we will take phone calls when possible. Let's take a phone call, shall we? We begin the day with John in Binghamton. Good morning. Hi, Bob. I, I'm talking about community events again. You know, uh, we're told how important they are. And I want to remark on what I feel is a completely excessive charge uh, to view some lights at a park that the taxpayers own, Ostenango Park. Uh, there's many light, Christmas light programs are in Buffalo, Syracuse, Albany, Ulster. Uh, you know, they're all similar, Christmas lights. Some you can walk, some you have to, you, it's easier to drive through. Uh, but not too many charge admission. And I, I think we need to know where the money goes because apparently the uh, the volunteers set up the lights. The venue is not being paid. It's being gifted uh, by the Broome County Executive and Legislature. Uh, but yet the pe people that run this uh, get a full-time salary. Uh, you know, to me, this doesn't make sense. Uh, furthermore, since times are perpetually tough around here uh, and the county has broom transit buses, I don't understand why those without a car uh, should be left out. Uh, I, I don't know. Is there a bus that goes through there uh, for, oh, I don't know, uh, the majority of people in the city of Binghamton and Broome County even uh, that are way, way under the poverty level? Uh, is there buses they go through there with senior citizens who have no cars? Can you I walk mean, through? Is, like if, I, if, if somebody drops you off, can you walk through the park? Do they have a, a walk-through opportunity? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Not that I'm aware of. And, you know, I, I think this goes, and, and I say this in on, all honesty, I would invite people, when they see something, look it up and look what other communities, you know, in upstate New York do. And, and you'll see this difference time and time again where uh, people want to uh, use these events uh, once a week, weekend, or twice a, week, twice a year uh, to... Uh, to line their own pockets. This is not, I mean, you know, I may be old fashioned, Bob, but this to me is not on the up and up. And uh, uh, I don't think that anybody would object 
to paying the expenses, but I, I, what, what expenses are there? There doesn't appear to be any expenses, uh, except the expenses that the, the county is paying. So, you know, I mean, again, uh, another dishonest, crooked deal in Broome County, the home of the crooked deal. Well, used to be the home of the square deal. Thank you, John, in Binghamton. The arches that I go through over at the Binghamton JC line and also over there at Endicott near the high-end restaurant, they still say, I think, home of the square deal. I think, unless they've been changed. I'll have to take a closer look next time I'm passing through those beautiful historic arches. 917 at News Radio, WNBF, WNBF WNBF.com. Bob Joseph. Now is the time to consider purchasing a vehicle. If you need a vehicle, consider purchasing the vehicle at Miller Motors on the Parkway in Vestal. The Miller Auto Team is there to help you make these important decisions, whether it could be a new Honda or a new Hyundai or perhaps something from their used vehicle inventory. They're located at 4455 Vestal Parkway East, directly across from Binghamton University. They are there to serve you. They'll be open tonight till 7, also tomorrow 9 to 7. So if you have specific needs, a desire for a vehicle to celebrate Thanksgiving, stop in say hi to members of the Miller Auto Team. They will assist you. If you want to see more information about Miller Motors, go to MillerAutoTeam.com. I also have uh, on display on the website under used inventory some featured vehicles. see a couple that look particularly nice. I like this 2019 Honda Pilot EXL all-wheel drive SUV for uh, $31,499. Anyway, check out the used inventory, or if you're of a mind to uh, acquire a new vehicle, consult with your experts at the Miller Auto Team on the Parkway, directly across from Binghamton University. It's Bob Joseph. Monday morning, another big week, another big Important week of news. What will break? I predict there will be breaking news between now and 5 p.m. Wednesday. All the more reason for you to stay tuned to News Radio WNBF 92.1 FM, 12.90 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. Hi. Summer in the city. Only seven shopping months till summer. So make sure you get all of your summer shopping done early. 923 at News Radio. Bob Joseph Live, WNBF. And 
We go from Binghamton to western New York, the town of Hamburg, with our friend Gary. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Bob. How's everything with you guys? Everything's lovely here. How are, how are things on the highways and byways of Hamburg, New York? Well, the uh, travel ban and on-street parking ban was lifted as of 6 o'clock this morning. Uh, there is still a travel advisory uh, asking people who really don't need to be on the road not to, but we all know how that goes. Uh, we're in recovery, what they call now the recovery mode. Uh, the streets are clear, but they're still working on um, getting some uh, stalled cars and marooned vehicles out of the way. Uh, and if uh, those vehicles got stuck during driving ban, uh, it's going to be a pretty hefty <laughs> But you have to price to get it back <laughs> right. because uh, they're going to issue the ticket they're gonna, and they, they're going to charge you for the towing and then the impound fee, you know, uh, for that. But uh, or things are uh, kind of, I don't want to say getting back to normal, but uh, mo the, most of the major highways are open. There are still some side streets that need uh, need working on, especially in the city. Uh, because in a lot of the neighborhoods in Buffalo, uh, the older homes, uh, the cars, there, there's no driveways. So the cars have to park in the street. And they have an alternate side, an alter, alternate side parking uh, situation in the city. But they had to let that go because of the storm. And it's just the streets are narrow. Uh, again, some of the older neighborhoods, the streets are narrow. And uh, it takes, you know, difficult for the plows to get through, especially with the cars parked there. So they're working on that. Uh, but as far as the rest of the county is concerned, uh, again, as usual, um, most of the south towns, which is where we are, uh, got the brunt of the storm. The north towns uh, up toward, um, closer up toward Niagara Falls, uh, didn't get hit quite as badly uh, because of the way the wind comes off the lake. So. We're uh, still kind of semi-marooned, but uh, things are getting better. What about power in the region? Have there been many power outages reported? Uh, no, actually, uh, the power grid held up pretty well. Now, there was a section uh, on the next town over, Orchard Park, where the Bill Stadium is. There was a section over there uh, that lost power for a few hours. Uh, but generally speaking, no, the, the power grid held up. Uh, pretty well. Um, there was no no major problems there. Uh, the big problem now uh, in terms of the snow is where do you put it? <laughs> they were using uh, high loaders to put the stuff in dump trucks and go away. Chances are they're going to just dump it in Lake Erie. Uh, or mm. there's, a, 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 there's a lake, uh, Delaware Park in the city. Uh, which is a Frederick Law Olmstead Park. And sometimes they dump it. There's a lake there. Sometimes they dump it there. But the problem they have to be really careful about is uh, the salt in, mixed in with the snow. Well, that's what I was concerned with from an environmental standpoint. Yeah, when you start yeah, dumping yeah. snow, that's, yeah, that yeah. raises eyebrows. Well, it, yeah, well, it's – or they – there's some places like, okay, the old um, – the old central terminal, which was the railroad hub during the heyday of passenger trains, 
Uh, that's vacant now, and it's got a big parking lot, and they dump it there and just wait for it, wait for it to melt. You know, or there's other areas where uh, there's open spaces, uh, abandoned uh, shopping center, parking lots, places like that, and they just dump it there and just wait for it to melt. And when it gets carried away, then they come and come back later and pick up the salt uh, that's lying on the ground and what's left over. Well, I have to say, uh, shifting over to football for a second, I, I was glad the Bills won, but I was still disappointed about the decision to move the game. I thought the game still should have been held as scheduled in Orchard Park. You know, a little snow never should get you down, and I think the Bills actually well, would have done done better if, if they had been able to play at home, but it was just my opinion. Well, if, you know, well, if you go, if you look around on some of the social media, okay, uh, and look at the pictures from Highmark Stadium. Uh, it was the snow was at the what's called the tunnel end where the players come out of the locker rooms. Uh, the snow was almost as high as the crossbar on the goalpost. That's how much because of the way it, the stadium is oriented east-west. Yep. And then the snow comes in from the west and the wind, and it just swirls around. I can tell you from personal experience. Uh, when it gets windy in that stadium, that wind swirls around, and it is not a comfortable place for anybody. But they did have some pictures um, on Facebook and some other of the social media. Yeah, I'm looking where, looking at a series of pictures yeah. now on on Twitter. You're right. That's I guess I guess you, know, I guess you could say it was unplayable. Well, yeah, it was. I mean, there was no way. <laughs> and the other problem, <laughs> the other problem they had was, uh, I mean, the parking lot. People, you know, they could have played it with no fans, I guess, but uh, it was just not, there was just not feasible, um, just as it was, you know, eight years ago. And I just realized uh, that big snowstorm in 2014 was almost exactly eight years ago because it blew in on the 14th of November. Okay. And this was last, I don't know what the day, I don't remember now what the date was last Thursday when this storm started. Yeah, about the same exactly day. Eight. Yeah, it was actually almost exactly eight years. Yeah, it's November. It's story. It's right. It's uh, it was only eight years between hundred year storms, like <laughs> Binghamton with the floods in 2016 and 2011. Right. You know, yeah. right. thousand year, year five hundred year floods that happen every couple of years. Right. Yeah. You know. That's well. You know. But that. But no. It was just unplayable, and they had. Uh, I mean, there was some. Uh, I have to say, I was there. Was, one part of that aggravated me. Okay, now they had uh, people, regular fans. Okay, were going out with their snowblowers and whatever to get the players out of their house, so they could get to the airport to catch the plane, and they're digging them out and stuff. Meanwhile, at like the Erie County Medical Center, uh, Roswell Park Cancer. Center, Buffalo General Hospital, and all the hospitals, uh, the staff couldn't get in there. And the staff that was there was stuck. You know, uh, where, you know, priorities people, you know, but. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, I understand, you know, the league, you know, it's, they're trying to, uh, they got to keep things rolling. Well, I don't want to say, so. Gary, I don't want to say it's about the money, but okay, it it's is about, about the money. money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, you know. It's a story I mean, of our country. It's about the money. 
the broadcast, you know, the money from the broadcast rights, you know. I don't know how that works, but I'm sure if they don't broadcast the game, do they get, you know, all that, plus the local ads that get stuck in. Well, of course, they could have rescheduled. You know, the bottom line is, well, yeah. you know, it's not it's yeah. it's not absolutely positively necessary to hold the game. If I think even during COVID, we saw games uh, that, that got rescheduled uh, to Mondays or Tuesdays, so it can be done. It's yeah. just, you know, well, ultimately the, they want bigger audiences. Yeah, well, the situation that the thing, part of it is with the Bills, okay, they're pl- they're playing the Browns this weekend. Well, they're also scheduled for the Thanksgiving Day game in Detroit. Right. So you've got that short week, and, mm-hmm. you know, I guess they, overall, the powers that be decided, you know, best thing to do is move it. Oh, yeah. It's exactly no, the I, same thing they did eight years ago. I understand. That's why That's why you and I will never be uh, commissioner of the National Football League. No, 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 no. As a matter of fact, uh, he, uh, it's funny, he, he's actually from Jamestown originally. Is he? And, uh, yeah, yeah. And his, his uncle, I don't know if you remember, uh, I believe it was when uh, Bobby Kennedy was assassinated, um, and it was Charles Goodell was appointed to take his place. That is Roger Goodell's uncle or great uncle. He was um, he lost subsequent election. That was the because it's when uh, William F. Buckley's brother ran and he split the ticket. Well, anyway, yeah, he's uh, Goodell, and he's related to to the Goodells, which is a fairly prominent family down in Chautauqua County over in Jamestown. That yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah, his, he's originally from Jamestown. I had no idea. Fact, what? His cousin, his cousin used to live right next door to me. <clears throat> so Really? But, uh, so does yeah, that mean, you know, he, so that means you could call his cousin and probably get tickets at a reasonable price for uh, any game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, he didn't go, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Gary, a pleasure, a pleasure. I uh, do appreciate fun. your your observations uh, today and also last Friday because, uh, yeah. you know, to, to have former Binghamton residents out there and mm. right, right, basically boots on the ground in, in the town of Hamburg, it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, thanks, Bob. And, uh, you know, we're okay, you know, as, as uh, yeah, it as we do, you know, it's like you're out there shoveling. I not me personally because I can't do that anymore. <laughs> Frankly, I have to admit that. But you know, everybody's saying we don't get hurricanes. Uh, you know, we don't get we don't get brush fires. We don't get tornadoes or earthquakes. Uh, earthquakes, you know, and the snow melts and we go on our way. You know, it takes a while, but it. You know, I would say. I noticed in the weather forecast, the temperatures are going to start rising into the 40s the next few days. And just as it did back in 2014, only 2014 a little quicker, it'll melt and it'll go into the storm drains and make its way down to wherever it's going to make it. And that's it. Well, I wish you the the best this week and hope you and Sandy have a happy Thanksgiving. Okay, fine. Same to you, Bob, and uh, all your listeners, too. Thanks a lot. It's Gary in the town of Hamburg with the uh, first-hand account of what it's like to get several feet 
of snow over a period of about three days. Bob Joseph live on your Monday morning. We'll be taking phone calls from you at 607-772-1290. You can also send an email if you'd like, bob at wnbf.com. You're listening to News Radio, WNBF, 921 FM, 1290 AM, and always available on the free WNBF app. Thanks to you. Good morning to you from WNBF, home of James Kelly. Weekday mornings along with Kathy White. James Kelly and Kathy White with First News. WNBF every weekday from 6 to 9 a.m. Back to phones, Beverly in the town of Dickinson. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Uh, I realize that Thanksgiving is coming up. I realize that. But if if the people that knew Dustin Burns, we we would take a few minutes out of the, out of your day to say a little prayer. It may help. It may help some uh, um, someone else, you know, to to prevent them from c- committing suicide. I'm still struggling with 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 it, Bob. It'll be two years. Be two years on the on the twenty ninth of November, and uh, if they, if people that knew him would pray for, well, pay for him and his family, I'd appreciate that. Okay. Well, I appreciate I your thoughts. I mean, it was it was rough there, you know, but. Right. Uh, I I think about him every day. I think about the good things that he done for people, and he was a he was a he was a real hell of a good builder. He could build a garage with with some other people. They they could build a garage in two days. All right. Well, I appreciate your your thoughts, and uh, we'll continue to hold uh, the family in our thoughts, okay? Okay, Bob. I thank you. All Have right. a nice holiday now. Okay. You too, Beverly. It's 9.39 at News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. We're still monitoring the developments in Colorado. still unclear precisely what the story is behind uh, a person who went into a nightclub and opened fire according to uh, the reports from Colorado Springs this guy showed up 
at the nightclub on Saturday night, it just opened fire. And they say at least five people died. More than two dozen other people were injured. And the latest reports say that several of those who were injured in the nightclub shooting are in serious condition. The establishment is called Club Q. It's an NGBTQ nightclub in Colorado Springs. According to the New York Times, patrons described a scene of chaos as the gunman opened fire. The mayor of Colorado Springs said someone in the club acted quickly to grab a handgun from the guy and then hit him with it and subdued him. Then two patrons pinned the gunman down until the cops got there. That's according to the club's owners who viewed security video. I haven't seen the security video. I don't know if it's been released yet. We'll see if the authorities release security video from a chaotic and unfortunately deadly few moments at Club Q in Colorado Springs. Just another one of those things involving guns and violence. As they say, people, some people have no business having access to guns. But the problem is, I see no evidence that any state has managed to figure out how to deal with the issue. As I mentioned, the um, mayor of Colorado Springs, John Southers, has uh, praised the action of, of a couple of patrons who did take steps to take what was already a, a bad situation and uh, keep it from getting even worse than it turned out to be. Dispatch is 11.57, police arrive at 12 o'clock. This incident is over by 12.02, largely because of the hero heroic act, uh, actions of people in the bar who took a weapon, uh, used that weapon to disable this individual. And the mayor of Colorado Springs told ABC News his community is welcoming and inclusive and rejects this act of violence. The actions of this single individual, uh, whatever his motivations, don't reflect uh, the city of Colorado Springs. And there you go. That's what we know so far. We'll keep you posted as more information becomes available about that tragedy. Of course, other investigations are continuing into recent violence. Level of violence over the last couple of weeks in this country is disturbing, to say the least. I'm not suggesting, by the way, the level of violence in the last couple of weeks necessarily is a lot higher than the level of violence in this country over the past 100 or 200 years. I'm just saying in the last couple of weeks, based on some high-profile cases, there is plenty of reason to be concerned.
about what exactly is going on around here. It's 944. You're listening to News Radio, WNBF. Bob Joseph Live will take your calls if you're thinking about uh, violence or maybe, because this is Thanksgiving week, maybe you're thinking about uh, Thursday and all the reasons that you have to be thankful and grateful for what you have. Uh, we would certainly entertain your call. 607 772 1290. You can also email the program Bob at WNBF.com. At Math- WNBF Live, 946 with Bob Joseph, taking your calls on a Monday morning. And we have a report of um, possible fire department activity near the Huron campus, Oak Hill Avenue. So if you're on Endicott's north side, watch out for uh, fire department vehicles, I would say in the area of uh, Oak Hill Avenue, Clark Street, Low Streets, in that vicinity. Use caution because you may see some fire department vehicles even police vehicles in that area on the north side of huron campus keep you posted as uh, any further details become available dan in binghamton good morning you're on the air good morning Uh, i just wanted to make mention of this uh you mentioned escalated violence in the last couple weeks in I, I've got to believe it's Donald Trump. He's at it again. Why would you say that? Well, it could, just goes hand in hand. He, he's resurfaced, and now there's troubles again. That's all I got to say, Bob. I'm sure you'll... You can, it's just obvious. No, it's not obvious. You know, he's he's one guy. He has no control over the violence that happened in Colorado Springs or the killings that happened in Idaho or the trouble with the former football player allegedly killing four team or three team members. Um, it's nothing, nothing to do with Donald Trump. I believe it does because... He- Explain. I mean, yes, Donald Trump is back, but that doesn't mean uh, people are are going to start killing people. Donald Trump has never, ever suggested anyone be killed. Well, he didn't use those words, but he loves to insinuate it. Well, he loves he loves to be a colorful character. I mean, maybe he wanted to incite things for January 6th. He didn't want anybody to be hurt. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. It's pretty obvious. Hey, Bobby, you handle it, man. Good luck to you. Well, that, there's a call that doesn't even make sense. I, you know, I love, I love when people call with ideas that actually are supported some way. But that's, that's beyond the pale. And I'll defend Donald Trump till the death from uh, people who make insinuations like that, that whatever happened at the nightclub in Colorado Springs or any of the other high-profile violent incidents over the last couple of weeks that had anything to do with the former president. 
clearly, clearly, Dan is trying to be a provocateur. Let's take a look at uh, email from the giant sack of email here. Matt from Binghamton writes, regarding as a side note, ask the guy in Hamburg how many roundabouts they have and how they work. I think they have at least five. Yeah, the next time I'm talking with Gary from Hamburg, I'll uh, talk with him about the roundabouts. Because he lived here in Binghamton. My recollection is uh, Gary and Sandy, who now live in Hamburg, I think they were enthusiastic supporters of the Ryan Roundabout. That's my recollection. I think they love roundabouts. I think if they were still here in Binghamton, they would be calling in on a daily basis demanding, well, not demanding because demanding doesn't work, but pleading for more roundabouts in the parlor city. So I, I think that's an interesting note. Of course, if they weren't so busy digging out from 20 feet of snow, I would call the mayor of Hamburg right now. I don't know if it's a mayor or a town supervisor anyway. I would call whoever's in charge of Hamburg to ask them if they like Big Macs. No, I wouldn't. That's, that's ridiculous. Here's another note from the email. Jesse, he says, there's some music. He says, there's a very, it's a very strange song, to say the least. Very strange. He compares it to the Plasmatics and Devo. <laughs> and Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop. Wait a second. Now that I think about it, Iggy Pop. And thank you, Jesse from Owego, for bringing Iggy Pop's name into this because that can't be his real name. Oh, okay. Thankfully for the internet, and it never occurred to me. You know, I thought Iggy Pop. I never thought about it, but he probably wasn't born Iggy Pop. And it's true. He wasn't. Guess what his real name is? James Newell Osterberg Jr. Known professionally as Iggy Pop. The godfather of punk. Hmm. I think I saw that movie. The godfather of punk. Iggy Pop. <laughs> Who was James... Newell Osterberg Jr. Be, before he started using the name Iggy Pop. And he was born in Michigan. Well, now you know. Now you know for you Iggy Pop aficionados. It's 9.52. This is News Radio for America. Bob Joseph on WNBF, WNBF.com. Oh, wait. Here's another thing about his early life. I see a picture, a high school yearbook picture of Iggy Pop before he started using that name for his artistic endeavors. It's him. Looks, He actually looks better than I did in high school. He looks like a clean-cut American youth with a nice jacket and tie. Nicely groomed hair. So something happened between then, between high school and his wide world of pop. His family lived in a trailer park. 
A neighbor described Iggy Pop as having been a conventional teenager. He hung out with the popular kids that wore chinos, cashmere sweaters, and penny loafers. Iggy Pop didn't smoke cigarettes. He didn't get high, and he didn't drink. He did begin to play drums in the fifth grade. <laughs> Something happened. Well, the truth is, something does happen to people at some point after they leave high school. They become people you didn't think they would become. 953 Bob Joseph on News Radio WNBF. You're built. Nine fifty six, Bob Joseph live on News Radio WNBF ninety two one FM twelve ninety AM and streaming at WNBF.com. Good morning to Brett, if he's listening. I was out reporting a story uh, this morning on my way into the beautiful WNBF Tower here in downtown Binghamton. And uh, was following up on something we reported on recently, trying to figure out what is really going on here. And I ran into Brett, and he gave me some uh, information. So thank you, Brett. I'm going to follow up on that. Every once in a while, some of the stories that we report to you uh, that are very interesting. Sometimes there are new developments and occasionally uh, some mysteries along the way. So um, what I do is I go out in the morning or in the afternoon or at night and um, find out what's going on. Get my feet muddy or snowy or trek on ice and talk with people and just ask some questions. You know, a lot of times, a lot of times, the first question is do you know what's going on here and it's amazing what you can find out when you start asking people and sometimes one thing leads to another and one decent story leads to two or three other even better stories so thank you to brett he also said he just discovered wnbf on fm he said you know i discovered it by accident but man it sounds great so he's listening on 92.1 FM, as more and more people are. So, um, yeah, if you haven't discovered WNBF on the FM side, for those who enjoy frequency modulation as opposed to amplitude modulation, uh, check it out on your FM, 92.1, uh, in your car or wherever you have your FM radio stashed 92.1 fm it does sound quite uh, delightful i must say i must say uh, also coming up today on wnbf for those of you who are curious since they don't publish radio guide anymore may as well give you uh part of our program schedule so coming up today of course 
I, Bob Joseph, will be on live until noon for another two hours, so that's a given. It seems pretty pretty much a, a standard event here at the station every weekday morning. Then from noon to three, a former employee of the United States Secret Service will discuss unclassified information. Dan Bon Jovi will be on from noon to three, I believe because he is a former employee of the United States Secret Service. Probably before he left that job, he was required to sign some sort of agreement that he would not give out classified information on the radio. So I guess whatever he discusses today will be unclassified. From 3 to 6, the legendary Sean Hannity will be on talking about his TV show on Fox. And then, of course, from 6 to 9 this evening, the constitutional expert Mark Levin will be on. So plenty to talk about today, a lot to learn right here on your favorite radio station. We call it News Radio, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. I'm Bob Joseph. It's 10 o'clock. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White. The forecast is calling for some clouds around today. Temperatures warming up into the upper 30s to around 40. Parts of western and northern New York are getting a chance to dick out of the record-breaking snow that started early Friday morning and dumped 77 inches of snow outside of Buffalo at Orchard Park. Two men reportedly died as a result of cardiac issues suffered while trying to clear the snow. The New York State Division of Consumer Protection Services is warning people wanting to help those affected by the snow disaster to be careful as scams always crop up in the wake of emergency situations as criminals attempt to prey on good intentions. You should always check the legitimacy of an organization, be wary of high-pressure tactics, pay attention to vague claims like proceeds benefit charity, do not disclose personal information, and avoid giving cash. As the Twin Tiers has gotten a few substantial snow squalls and bursts of accumulating snow on the roadways, authorities this morning weren't sure if weather played a part in a three-vehicle pileup on Route 17 near Vestal last evening. A passenger vehicle became disabled on the highway westbound at the River Bridge before the Route 26 exits. A tractor trailer slammed into the car that had not been able to get off the road. Then another possible road crew truck smashed into the back of the tractor trailer all at around 821 last evening. There were no injuries. Vestal police are still wading through the details of a big brawl at a popular restaurant on Thursday in which witnesses reported seeing a gun and at least one person suffered a cut to the head. Police were called to Kampai Japanese Steakhouse after four men entered the restaurant shortly after 10 p.m. and began fighting with a large group of people who had been at the restaurant for some time. No gun has been recovered. There was no evidence of gunplay and at last report no arrests directly connected to that altercation. Federal prosecutors say a Palmyra, Pennsylvania man will serve 40 years in federal prison for a murder committed while he was trafficking methamphetamine from Indiana and Southern California to Cortland. 39-year-old Kyle Lapeer 
pleaded guilty to being part of the conspiracy that involved a Groton woman and five others and resulted in Lapeer tying up a middleman with zip ties, then shooting him eight times in the desert in Barstow, California, killing him in 2019. Three members of a Pennsylvania family arrested when authorities found illegal weapons during a traffic stop on Upper Front Street earlier this year will be reporting to a probation officer for the next five years. 56-year-old Robert Applegate II of Kinzer's 31-year-old Robert Applegate III of Lancaster and 28-year-old Glenn Applegate of Kinzer were each charged with three felony counts of criminal possession of a weapon. They all pleaded guilty to attempted criminal possession of a weapon in Broome County Court. The long-delayed plans to refurbish and move the over 100-year-old carousel at Ross Park Zoo are finally started. The 59 horses, two chariots, rounding boards, and other components have been shipped off to a carousel restoration company in Connecticut. The city of Binghamton had gotten a half million dollars from New York State for the restoration in 2015, but the project was delayed due to the plan's approval snags and other complications. Local families and friends who have lost loved ones to suicide had a chance for healing over the weekend. Broome County Suicide Awareness for Everyone, otherwise known as BC Safe, and the United Health Services, along with American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, hosted an International Survivor of Suicide Loss Day at General Hospital on Saturday. UHS and BC Safe has hosted the Survivor Day event for the past five years, where many loss survivors say they have had an opportunity to really know they're not alone in their experience of losing someone they know and love to suicide. For more information about the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, go to AFSP.org. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast. Today, clouds a high in the upper 30s. Winds could be gusting as high as 26 miles per hour, making it feel much colder. Partly cloudy tonight, a low in the mid-20s. Winds gusting as high as 23 miles an hour. Mostly sunny on Tuesday, a high in the low to mid-40s. Wednesday, sunny a high in the mid-40s. Thanksgiving Day, mostly sunny, a high in the upper 40s. This is where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. News Radio 1290 WMBF. I'm Joseph, live Monday morning at WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety is the number if you'd like to call in and win some time on the air. Again, six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety, and email Bob at WNBF dot com. Had a fun afternoon at the Forum Theater here in downtown Binghamton um, Sunday afternoon. Just nice, nice uh, event. Of course, we talked about it on the program last week with the silent film, silent movie, Blood and Sand, with uh, Rudolph Valentino, 100 years old. And what a remarkable, remarkable 
a presentation with the master theater organist Dennis James, who provided the musical accompaniment for that 1922 silent film. And we spoke with Dennis James on the program last Wednesday, and I was so impressed, just so impressed with uh, his, his musical talent and commend everybody involved in that uh, presentation. Wow. Wow. I had high expectations, and they were exceeded. So uh, congratulations to uh, Dennis James and everybody associated with the Binghamton Theater Organ Society. Uh, well done. Well done. That was uh, just amazing. And Dennis James is scheduled back in Binghamton in March. So that's something that I will look forward to. He's scheduled to be in Binghamton on March 5th for a comedy double feature uh, with The Pilgrim and A Dog's Life. So he'll provide the music to those silent films from a century ago. So if you had an opportunity to be at the forum on Sunday afternoon, you know what I mean. Just remarkable. It's 1012 News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. We've received late word that the reported fire on the Huron campus that's been taken care of. No further details, but if there was a fire, it's been taken care of at this point. So I'll let you know later if, uh, if it seemed. particularly serious at this point. The fact that it was uh, reported under control shortly after the uh, call went out seems seems like it was probably uh, fairly innocuous. It is nice to see one story that I've been covering for several years here in Binghamton uh, that there is actually progress. I can't tell you how many stories I've done about the Ross Park Carousel and about the restoration. It's a project sometimes um, that appears to have been cloaked in secrecy for some unclear reason. When we've asked questions about this, the answers sometimes have been difficult to obtain, or at least full answers. Because the city was awarded half a million dollars from New York State back in 2015. So that was seven years ago. So they thought they could start the restoration work for the carousel the following year. So over the last six or seven years, I've been asking questions about what's going on. And a lot of times it's, well, you know, shippo, shippo this, shippo that. And Shippo, the other thing, the State Historic Preservation Office had problems with the plans to restore the carousel, which was donated by George F. back in 1919. 
At any rate, the good news is, um, with no fanfare, and as typical in Binghamton, no advance notice, uh, some guys came and took 59 horses and two chariots and the other stuff from the carousel, and um, so I guess the restoration is underway, apparently. I was up there on Friday, and all the horses are gone. So hopefully, we're told they were hauled off to Connecticut, but I haven't been able to get hold of the guy in Connecticut, and I, let me just double check, I sent, did send an email to the mayor. I don't think I got a reply. Hmm. Hmm. Let me see if I received a reply. Because I did want some information from the mayor about the carousel over at Ross Park. So I sent I sent the mayor an email Friday afternoon, and I wrote to him, I see the restoration project is moving forward. Can you provide some information about what's happening now and the anticipated timeline of the work? Also, what is the expected cost? Is the city using some state money to pay for the work? I assume it is because the city had received that $500,000 from the state back in 2015, so hopefully money is still available for the project so i thank the mayor for any details he can offer so i haven't heard back when i hear back from the mayor i'll let you know what actually is going on and, and how soon how soon the carousel will be back at ross park by the way when they do bring it back they are going to put it up in a different place it's going to be actually installed about 250 feet from where it's stood for the last century. So they're going to move the carousel after the restoration of its components has been completed. 1017, Bob Joseph live on your Monday morning. Gary on Binghamton's west side. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Hey, I'd like to tell you a little story about what happened, uh, Sunday, I'm on my way to Wegmans, and I'm going up Glenwood Avenue, and I'm waiting at the light where Clinton Street is. I'm heading north. And Sunday morning, there's nobody out, right? There's no cars. It's I love driving on Sunday morning. Anyway, the light turns green. I proceed to go. All of a sudden, I see this car come in the opposite direction. And I think I'd like to nominate a new speeding uh because this guy had to be doing, this is no lie, Bob, 65, 70 miles an hour. Okay, he goes by me, he's airborne as he's going along. And then here comes this other car right behind him, had to be doing almost as much. I'm like, what's going on here, right? Where where uh, were you? I was on Glenwood Avenue, yeah. heading north, right by Clinton Street. What, near the Price Popper? No, it was by, it was, I was heading northbound, so it's by the gas station there. The gas station that's on uh, the lumber store. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, well, it makes sense because they call it Speedway. See? 
Yeah. See, perfect, yeah. perfect name that for <laughs> for for a story on on Interstate 280. No, they already have 281. What can we call it? We could call it Interstate 981. Is the new designation for Glenwood Avenue in Binghamton I 981 as you go past the Speedway. Yeah, right. So I'm like, man, that was like dangerous. Those guys could have wiped right out into me. Ah, but like maybe. Two or three seconds later, I see in the distance, here comes a police car with his lights on. So the state troopers were chasing them. That's what I was going to ask. As soon as you said that uh, about one car and then two cars going fast, especially on that part of Glenwood on a Sunday morning, I was going to ask you, do you believe this had anything to do with the police pursuit? And that's exactly what it was. And I was like, oh, thank goodness, because I hope oh, that yeah. is a new norm. I like high speed. I'll goodness, tell you what, but... from from a news standpoint, I love high-speed police pursuits. You know, anytime, let's face it, anytime you can get one, two, or three vehicles going through the city of Binghamton in the first word on Glenwood Avenue at 70 or 80 miles an hour, that's those are the basic ingredients for big news. That guy that was driving, let me tell you, his eyes were wide open. Wide oh, he was wide awake at that point. You know? See, I didn't know that. Uh, I I thought that there were uh, in 2022 very very clear guidelines where you have to break off a pursuit if if the pursuit is endangering the public. Because it sounds again, obviously, I have no way to contact the trooper, and certainly if I consult with the New York State Police, they won't give me any information. But I have to think that based on what you described, it sounds like those speeding cars were putting innocent people, including you, at risk. It was scary. It was scary. I mean, when that guy went airborne, Bob, he could have come down anywhere, right, and just lost And what time was this? What time? This was like, I guess I was 8.30, 8.30 a.m. Yeah, and it appeared to me... Because I was watching ahead of me, but I looked in my rear view. It looked like they turned. When I saw the cop car, it looked like they turned left on Clinton. Oh, I think I know where they were going. I think I know exactly where they were headed. It's a it's a little side street off Clinton. I know exactly where they were headed. Oh, okay. All right. Well, maybe well, I'll stop you, you, by there this afternoon to ask if if uh, they they. Uh, actually got caught by the so it was a marked troop car a, a blue and yellow state police oh yeah state police state police and then uh johnson city it appeared to me it wasn't binghamton it appeared that uh johnson city was helping out with that they came uh as i turned up uh uh what's the name of that street uh that, that takes you right up to the highway prospect no there's a bar on it too. downs avenue downs avenue. lake avenue no it's downs Downs Avenue. Okay. I like Downs Downs Avenue. Downs Avenue, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so I was like, wow. So back in the day, Bob, I used to go to concerts at this place in Manhattan, Academy of Music. It's down like around 14th Street, and it wasn't in the greatest neighborhoods or anything. But I used to go like uh, every New Year's Eve, I would go see a concert there. And uh, one of my favorite bands was playing Blue Oyster Cult, so we got tickets for it. And then there was a uh, a third act, Iggy Pop. So Iggy Pop came out and he started playing not my type of music. You know, it was I, I couldn't get into it or understand it or anything. But the guy comes out, he's 
uh, let's say, uh, well, he's not totally naked because he has a diaper on. He's got a diaper on. Okay. This is like in, uh, I'm going 74, maybe 73, somewhere around there. Could be 72. But anyway, he comes out and they were singing and the crowd didn't really like it either. It was not a, a very good show. But anyway, at the end of the show, they're getting ready to go off. Iggy Pop takes the mic stand. He takes the microphone out. And he slams that down on the ground. He takes the mic stand and he rubs it. it not rubs it. He puts it across his chest, like from his top shoulder down across his breast. And, and, he, and he cut himself. I mean, like blood everywhere with the mic stand. I was like, wow, what a weird act, you know? Well, I never said he. I never said he wasn't weird. Now I'm looking at the. Uh, so that was New Year's Eve, 1973, at the Academy oh. of Music. Oh wow! You can pick two. <laughs> and, Who else was playing? Teenage Lust. Here, here's Teenage the bill. Lust. Yes, Blue Teenage Oyster Lust. Cult was the headliner. Ooh. Teenage Yo. Lust, and then special guest star Iggy Pop. Guess? Yeah. Do you recall how much the tickets were? No, probably like fifteen bucks. No, guessing. No, I'm all sorry. seats reserved. Tickets six and seven dollars. Oh, wow. tickets available at all Ticketron outlets, including Macy's, ANS, Gimbal's, and most Bambergers. I think the uh, <laughs> what was it a dollar eighty five? I think was what they were paying uh, minimum wage back then. Yeah, and back then the uh, press uh, on weekdays I think was fifteen cents. Right. Yeah, uh, tickets also they may available. Seem like the good old days, but I think everything is relative. You know, when we think back, you know, I was asked like the other day, you played a song on the radio, and it just like it, it made me feel good, right? Because I could sing along to it and all. But did it make me feel good because I could sing along to it, or did it make me feel good because it was a song from my childhood? And right, when, it's because it's from your told, childhood or from a yeah. You know, the thing yeah. about music. And this is true for people of all ages, in all countries, all walks of life. Music will trigger some great memories, or sometimes not great memories, but still it triggers memories. Certain songs you will associate with at some point in your life. And it could have been happier days, or it could have been at a time of um, tragedy, but still... Certain songs will always be associated with each of us um, as as uh, tied into what was going on in our lives, whether it was in school or friendships, relationships, whatever, or or work, or sometimes tied in with with tragedies. Say certain music that might have been popular. Um, say when JFK was shot. Uh, tomorrow is the anniversary of the the killing of. Of oh, President Kennedy, November twenty second, nineteen sixty three. So that wow. will have been fifty nine years. Um, or music, say on nine eleven, or music that was popular. Um, well, at other times in our lives, again, it doesn't have to necessarily be good times. Married anyway, songs. yeah. Married by the way, too. Yeah. yeah. By the way, if you're interested. Go to YouTube and look it up. That's where I found the information. There's a 43-minute wow. video of that concert. Oh, really? Yes. Wow, I got to check. That yeah, out. you should. Uh, they show the audience. Maybe you, uh, I I haven't gotten. Hold hold on a second there. 
Eh, I'm just back in the day, Bob. You know what they used to do? Like uh, marijuana was uh, like I don't know. It was it was illegal, but it was uh, like tolerated. Let's say in right. New York City, right? So if you were in the audience, and let's say you wanted to uh, enhance your uh, musical experience, and you might be uh, like hitting off a pipe, sitting in your seats in you know right in the uh, arena there. What they would do is the ushers, they had flashlights, and they would shine a flashlight on you. And then you're supposed to put it out or whatever, you know. And, but well, the whole concert, was, like, they're shining flashlights, the whole concert. Yeah, you know, they're, they're shining sort of, sort of like at the arena, you know. It was sort of, you know. Oh, did they, they smoke at the arenas? Oh, I'm told they did. Ah, okay. That's what I'm told. I'm looking at uh, one part early in this video. By the way, interestingly, it's black and white from 1973, New Year's Eve, and it shows the marquee outside the Academy of Music. And so on the marquee, Howard Stein 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 presents Blue Oyster Call, Iggy Pop. So on the marquee, Iggy Pop was second, then Teenage Lost. And there's uh, a guy on a step ladder replacing one of the the lights under the marquee because they had those were the old-fashioned marquees with lots of with the bulbs right yeah like all the bulbs around yeah 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 hold on i'm um oh they do show people waiting in line there you are ah. there's a guy gary is there a puff of smoke coming out of it <laughs> there you go fortunately Fortunately, the laws in New York have changed, so you're okay now. It'd be awful if Kathy Hochul was reviewing this this film. I'm looking for a clip of Iggy Pop because I'm 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 trying to find. I I couldn't believe it. Eh. You know, Iggy Pop or Kiss there, Bob. If I could just say this one, it was like one of Kiss's first concerts ever. They were the fourth bill. In fact, they may have even played. That night, and they weren't even on the bill, but I, I can't remember. But I know it was something like that. But they were playing, and they had, like, pyrotechnics back then. They had their makeup and all that stuff. And I forget who the drummer is. What, Peter Chris? Uh, uh, am I right guessing that or no? I can't remember. All okay, I remember anyway, is uh, Don Henley. A- Don Henley. <laughs> Obviously, I'm different. Different junior. I know. But this guy had uh, long hair, and it came straight out. And he was whipping these uh, like uh, sticks into the audience. They would, they had flame, and then they'd go out before they landed, right? So he was doing this, and he brought the stick back one time, and his hair caught fire, and he throws out. He didn't even know his hair's on fire, right? So Didn't that happen to Michael one? Jackson once when he was filming a Pepsi Pepsi commercial? Yeah, yeah his hair yeah. caught on fire. Right. So anyway, uh, the guy, the roadie, came over and put his hair out. So for the rest of the concert. Peter Chris was playing with half a head of hair. It looked so funny. Like the one side was all hair, and then the other side that he had all hair, it was just gone because it was up in smoke, as uh, Cheech and Chong used to say. Yeah. Well, those were the days, my friend. We Those were the days. We thought they would never yeah. end. By the way, as I take a closer look at this YouTube video, it's not actually a film of the concert. Apparently, it's part of the Blue Oyster Cult set, and... Apparently, the guy who put it up has the audio from Blue Oyster Cult, but then he put just a different black and white photos throughout the video. But still, still look that up on YouTube because I'm sure it'll bring oh, back some uh, very impressive oh, memories. Yeah. Oh, yeah, really? All right, thanks, Bob. Thanks, Gary. I love memories.
as they say, the way things were. Not necessarily better. I'm not saying, say, in 1973 with that concert with Blue Oyster Call and Teenage Lost and Iggy Pop. I'm not saying that things were better. They were just different. And things are fine now, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, we have Taylor Swift. We didn't have Taylor Swift back then. 607-772-1290. The email address is bob at wnbf.com. Bob Joseph Live, News Radio, WNBF 921 FM, 1290 AM, and always available on the free WNBF app. You wash your. This is Bob Joseph live on WNBF. When you want news anytime, check out the website, WNBF.com. It's where news breaks first. WNBF, the station that does report on things going on around here. And let's take a look. Oh, we had a good question from email from the Bob at WNBF.com. John writes, <laughs> not John from Binghamton said, turn that off. Oh, okay. Well, it's off for now, John. Another John uh, writes, he uh, served in the Navy, the U.S. Navy. Thank you, John, for your service. Sir, do you know if veterans may visit the light display at Otsenango Park free of charge? And I believe the answer to that is yes. Yes, free admission for veterans. I'm looking at the website. If you want more information about the lights at Otsenango Park... The Festival of Lights at Otsnango Park. Um, go to bcfestivaloflights.com. So free admission for veterans. $25 per car. $50 season pass. It doesn't say how much for a bus. Like say if you had a bus of all your friends or a, a stretch limo. That's what I would do. I would rent out a stretch limo and bring a bunch of friends, but it doesn't say if there's a higher rate for that. So I guess $25 per car would also include a stretch limo, even if you had a bunch of people. And so I guess it starts today and runs through New Year's Day. So it's going to actually be running in 2023. Oh, they also will have fireworks Fireworks 
on November 25th, December 17th, and December 31st. And the fireworks, they say, on each of those nights will be at 7. And Santa. Santa is going to be there. And then there's there are a whole bunch of nights that Santa will be there. Too many for me to mention on this radio broadcast. Uh, will food and beverages be available? Yes, you can buy food and beverages. And desserts. Hmm. Okay. Is the event drive-through or walk-through? It is drive-through. Okay, that so that answers that question I had earlier. I know previously when we were talking about the lights event... I asked the question on the program, well, can you walk through? Because I thought it would be nice to walk through. But you can't. You can't walk through. For safety reasons, this is not a walk-through event. You can park in your vehicle in the west parking lot and get out to take photos with a giant snowman. But you can't walk through. I wish they would do a walk-through. I know, I... I shouldn't say that because then people say, but Bob, it's none of your business. Uh, can you drive around more than once? He says, yes. If you have a single night pass, you can drive around the display a second time. And then the train. Oh, that's a whole different thing. Forgot about the train. It's 1037 at WNBF with Bob Joseph. Now I want to go, but... I really, oh, we got some nice pictures here. I really wish they did have that walkthrough option. I know, again, I it's none of my business, but I would love just for one night walk through with your friend Bob Joseph. <laughs> eh, maybe next year. It's ten thirty-eight News Radio WNBF WNBF dot com. Kyrie Irving. Well, there's a name. So Kyrie Irving apparently has apologized again. So now he's back playing for his team in Brooklyn. Let's see. What what did he say now? Kyrie Irving. So he returned to his team in Brooklyn after serving a, an eight-game suspension. And I guess I guess they let him back because he kind of sort of apologized. So he returned to the game against Memphis. Some people were outside the venue to support him. He was suspended November 4th, a week after he had publicized a film full of anti-Semitic conspiracy theories on social media. This is according to CBSSports.com. So this group of people supporting Kyrie Irving was out there in Brooklyn where the game was held yesterday and... Some handed out pamphlets of anti-Semitic propaganda before and during the game. Asked about this in a post-game news conference, Kyrie Irving 
first asked a reporter to repeat the question, then interrupted. I think that's a conversation for another day. I'm just here to focus on the game. Then another reporter brought up the group, and Irving said, again, I'm just here to focus on the game. So he wants to focus on the game and not on things that he has done. So Kyrie Irving missed eight games. He was described as currently unfit to be associated with the team. In an official news release, his shoe contract was suspended by Nike because of the anti-Semitism scandal that started with him publicizing a film on social media. So, well, yeah, Kyrie be Kyrie, but still. I think we should expect better of of our sports stars. Now, you can't do anything about the way people think. You just can't. I can't do anything about how you think, and you can't do anything about the way I think, and certainly no one on the planet apparently can do anything about Kyrie Irving and the way he thinks. But certainly, if he's going to play for a basketball team based in Brooklyn, the employers, I think, in all fairness, could tell him, knock it off. You're going to think what you think, but don't go out and tell the world about these views that are inappropriate. You know, go ahead and think what you want, but as long as you're working for our Brooklyn basketball team, we expect you, as a representative of this organization, to knock that off and actually show, or at least give the appearance, that you understand why people are upset. But again, because of his skills on the basketball court, apparently... Apparently, the owners of the operation are too afraid to really lay down the law. Apparently. It's 1042. Bob Joseph with you live on News Radio, WNBF 607 You can also fire off an email to bob at WNBF.com. Who's thirsty? Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Police in Colorado Springs are still trying to figure out what motivated a 22-year-old suspect to open fire inside the city's only gay nightclub. Five people were killed, dozens more injured. ABC's Alex Stone is there with more on the possible reasons why. On the surface, it looks like a hate crime, but the alleged shooter has almost no social media footprint. And Colorado Springs Mayor John Souther says why the gunman opened fire is not yet known. It has the trappings of a hate crime, uh, but uh, we're going to have to see what the investigation follow, uh, shows in terms of you know, social media and things like that. The alleged shooter had a standoff with police last year, but under Colorado law, details of that are limited. 
Alex Stone, ABC News, Colorado Springs. Police say two patrons of the club were able to wrest a handgun from the gunman. They used it to stop him, pin him down, and hold him there until police arrived. Investigators say they saved multiple lives with their heroic actions. Sherry Preston, ABC News. 1045 at News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. As far as uh, Peyton Gendron, there was supposed to be a court appearance in Buffalo for the Conklin man, who authorities say went to a Topps supermarket earlier this year and killed several people. The court appearance that was supposed to be this afternoon has been adjourned because of all the snow, according to the court official. There have been reports circulating that Peyton Gendron, Susquehanna Valley High School graduate and a resident of Conklin, New York, uh, not far from where I am, uh, he reportedly was prepared to plead guilty. The mayor of Buffalo, Byron Brown, seemed to confirm reports that Peyton Gendron from Conklin would plead guilty. Attorneys representing the families of those who were killed also said they were told to expect a guilty verdict. Mayor Brown, in response to a question after a storm briefing by Governor Hochul, the mayor said, I think it's good that this individual is pleading guilty. Gendron faces 25 state charges in connection with the May 14th mass shooting at the Topps grocery store. Ten black people were killed in what was described as a racially motivated attack, according to the information released by the authorities. Peyton Gendron drove from his family family's home in Conklin here in Broome County and drove out to Buffalo specifically to kill black people at the top supermarket. The indictment was the first in New York State to invoke a statute that commingled terrorism and hate crimes. Gendron, who is white, also faces federal hate crime charges in connection with the shooting. And they say he is now 19 years old. He's accused of planning the massacre for months. The New York State Attorney General's Office put out a scathing report accusing dark web platforms of radicalizing the teenage suspect. The accused shooter consumed racist and violent content before broadcasting the deadly attack online. In June, an Erie County grand jury returned a 25-count indictment against the Conklin man. The highest charge he faces is domestic act of terrorism, motivated by hate in the first degree. A crime enacted in New York State in November 2020. The Erie County DA, John Flynn, said Gendron is the first person in New York State charged with that crime. And the DA said that charge only has one sentence if, in fact, the defendant is found guilty. And that would be life without parole. He said there's no minimum, there's no maximum. It's just life without parole. 
In addition to the domestic terrorism charge, the indictment included 10 counts of first-degree murder, 10 counts of second-degree murder as a hate crime, three counts of attempted murder as a hate crime, and one count of criminal possession of a weapon. So that is basically where things stand. We don't know when the court appearance will be rescheduled. So what happens to Peyton Gendron, Gendron at this point would seem probable if it is true that he's prepared to plead guilty. seems probable that he's not going to be out again. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what uh, actually transpires. It's 1049. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to News Radio WNBF 921 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. When I ask. It's Monday morning. Bob Joseph live on News Radio WNBF. I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. Love is all around me. And so the feeling grows. Love is all around you. Although sometimes there's not as much love available as one would like. Uh, We're still trying to figure out what the story is from an episode of violence at a restaurant in Vestal. Great restaurant. I love it. But we still don't know the story about why, why people would behave poorly at a popular restaurant in Vestal. I'm still trying to understand why anyone would go into a restaurant a popular restaurant no less a restaurant that many people really do enjoy and then go in and according to the police account four guys show up and start fighting with people who had been in the restaurant what kind of what kind of guys are these you know why would you go to a great place where people are enjoying an evening out and then just pick a fight and cause trouble and hurt people. So I don't know. I have no idea. The the police won't tell me. Maybe you could call the police and ask them why something like this would happen. If you have information, call the Vestal Police Detectives at 754-2477. I guess they're still trying to put the pieces together of what transpired last night a little bit after, or Thursday night, a little bit after 10 o'clock. But this isn't the first time that there have been problems at a restaurant in Vestal. I was looking up in the newspaper archives. Uh, Remember that time when a Vestal restaurant employee was shot as he left work? That happened, according to the newspaper, outside Olive Garden on the Vestal Parkway back in 1998. Reading the story, it says two guys... Two guys who worked for the Olive Garden were leaving the restaurant about 11.10 when some people fired at least three shots from the restaurant's front lawn. One guy who worked for the restaurant was transported by Vestal Police out to Wilson with a gunshot wound. 
and the other guy who worked there was taken to the police station. A story from the newspaper back then in 1998 said the employees were on the restaurant's front sidewalk when the shooting occurred. Store manager was the only person inside the restaurant at the time of the shooting. The restaurant had closed at 10 o'clock, and so Vestal police were searching the restaurant's lawn for bullet casings and footprints. And in that case, according to the initial report, the cops had not determined whether a specific employee was targeted or if the shooting was part of a robbery attempt. So just, just so people think, well, there's never any kind of violence at restaurants in Vestal. Well, sometimes there is. Sometimes there's violence everywhere, sometimes even in schools. So it's just, you know, if people, if bad people can still get hold of guns, of course, we're always going to have shootings in the triple cities. That's the only thing you can be sure of. As long as bad people get hold of good guns, We'll have shootings around the region and around the country. It's Bob Joseph live on your Monday morning on WNBF. First. If you hear that noise, it must mean it's time for the United States to win in the World Cup. Am I right, people? USA. Yes, <laughs> of course I'll be watching. People come up to me and say, Roger, are you going to be watching the, the U.S. men in the World Cup? And hey, I wouldn't miss it for the world. I've been looking forward to this for years. So um, we'll uh, look forward to a dramatic and powerful performance by the United States men as they take on Wales. <laughs> yeah, so whatever happens, when that, when that match is underway, whatever happens, there better not be any news breaking out because I'll be, I'll be glued to the monitor in the news center to uh, enjoy a powerful performance by the United States World Cup team. This is like a dream come true. I never thought I'd be able to say that the United States will be playing Wales in the World Cup. It's 11 o'clock. This is Bob Joseph on WNBF Binghamton and WNBF. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White. 
forecast is calling for some clouds around today. Temperatures warming up into the upper 30s to around 40. Parts of western and northern New York are getting a chance to dig out of the record-breaking snow that started early Friday morning and dumped 77 inches of snow outside of Buffalo at Orchard Park. Two men reportedly died as a result of cardiac issues suffered while trying to clear the snow. The New York State Division of Consumer Protection Services is warning people wanting to help those affected by the snow disaster to be careful as scams always crop up in the wake of emergency situations as criminals attempt to prey on good intentions. You should always check the legitimacy of an organization, be wary of high-pressure tactics, pay attention to vague claims like proceeds benefit charity, do not disclose personal information, and avoid giving cash. As the Twin Tiers has gotten a few substantial snow squalls and bursts of accumulating snow on the roadways, authorities this morning weren't sure if weather played a part in a three-vehicle pileup on Route 17 near Vestal last evening. A passenger vehicle became disabled on the highway westbound at the River Bridge before the Route 26 exits. A tractor-trailer slammed into the car that had not been able to get off the road. Then another possible road crew truck smashed into the back of the tractor-trailer, all at around 8.21 last evening. There were no injuries. Vestal police are still wading through the details of a big brawl at a popular restaurant on Thursday in which witnesses reported seeing a gun and at least one person suffered a cut to the head. Police were called to Kampai Japanese Steakhouse after four men entered the restaurant shortly after 10 p.m. and began fighting with a large group of people who had been at the restaurant for some time. No gun has been recovered. There was no evidence of gunplay and at last report no arrests directly connected to that altercation. Federal prosecutors say a Palmyra, Pennsylvania man will serve 40 years in federal prison for a murder committed while he was trafficking methamphetamine from Indiana and Southern California to Cortland. 39-year-old Kyle Lapierre pleaded guilty to being part of the conspiracy that involved a Groton woman and five others and resulted in Lapierre tying up a middleman with zip ties, then shooting him eight times in the desert in Barstow, California, killing him in 2019. Three members of a Pennsylvania family arrested when authorities found illegal weapons during a traffic stop on Upper Front Street earlier this year will be reporting to a probation officer for the next five years. 56-year-old Robert Applegate II of Kinzer's 31-year-old Robert Applegate III of Lancaster and 28-year-old Glenn Applegate of Kinzer were each charged with three felony counts of criminal possession of a weapon. They all pleaded guilty to attempted criminal possession of a weapon in Broome County Court. The long-delayed plans to refurbish and move the over 100-year-old carousel at Ross Park Zoo are finally started. The 59 horses, two chariots, rounding boards, and other components have been shipped off to a carousel restoration company in Connecticut. The city of Binghamton had gotten a half million dollars from New York State for the restoration in 2015, but the project was delayed due to the plan's approval snags and other complications. Local families and friends who have lost loved ones to suicide had a chance for healing over the weekend. 
Broome County Suicide Awareness for Everyone, otherwise known as BC Safe, and the United Health Services, along with American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, hosted an International Survivor of Suicide Loss Day at General Hospital on Saturday. UHS and BC Safe has hosted the Survivor Day event for the past five years, where many loss survivors say they have had an opportunity to really know they're not alone in their experience of losing someone they know and love to suicide. For more information about the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, go to AFSP.org. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast. Today, clouds a high in the upper 30s. Winds could be gusting as high as 26 miles per hour, making it feel much colder. Partly cloudy tonight, a low in the mid-20s. Winds gusting as high as 23 miles an hour. Mostly sunny on Tuesday, a high in the low to mid-40s. Wednesday, sunny a high in the mid-40s. Thanksgiving Day, mostly sunny, a high in the upper 40s. This is where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. morning. This is Bob Joseph live on News Radio WNBF. We'll be taking your calls at 607 772 1290. Call in if you'd like to chat. Yeah, let's go to the hop. Back when they had hops. I guess hops are no longer a thing. Except at craft brewing establishments. Well, we uh, are expecting a good week. I think it's going to be a great week. This is one of my favorite weeks of the year. The week of Thanksgiving. Looking um, forward to more holiday fun and frolic this is i guess when the holiday season really gets started november 21st through january 1st i think that's the holiday season so now people will be in typically in a better mood not always in a better mood because a lot of times people feel stressed around the holidays and that's understandable because there are so many things we want to accomplish but Ultimately, I think people feel better with the holiday spirits, assuming you don't have too many of them. Celebrate responsibly. So, if you're going to have a turkey this year, let me know. If Some people want ham. I was at a store yesterday, and they said, are you going to have any of them spiral cut hams? And the store owner said no we're not getting any we are getting exactly zero so you know know, some people have to improvise if you wanted one of those hams maybe you'll settle for a can of spam the original recipe or because it is thanksgiving maybe you'll go for turkey spam sure that there's a fair amount of turkey and a can of turkey spam or whatever you choose to have, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind anything, you know, whether it's spam or speedies or whatever. It's still Thanksgiving and reason, reason to be grateful. 
mentioned a few minutes ago the excitement that's building with the United States playing soccer. Everywhere I go, people are overwhelmed with excitement about the World Cup. A lot of people are excited that it's in Qatar. Myself, I don't know that I really... I don't know that it makes any difference where they hold it. I, I guess... I guess if they were holding it somewhere in New York State, and I don't believe, not familiar with the World Cup history, but I don't believe New York State has hosted the World Cup before, but I would be really excited, say, if they would put a bid in, if New York State and Governor Hochul would put a, um, a bid in so New York State could host the World Cup at some point in the future. I think it'd be neat having the World Cup maybe in Owego or Ithaca, some place where it would be accessible. Because most of the time when they hold the World Cup, the locations are not particularly accessible. Let me see. I'm looking at the Internet to see if I can find... I don't think they've ever held it in New York State. Hmm. Looks like the last time it... Oh! 1994. It was in the United States. It was... I guess it was in the United States. I don't know. It's hard to tell. FIFA. FIFA. That's another thing that people talk about. FIFA. Some people question whether the people who run the World Cup, if they're on on the up and up, or if they actually can be bought. You know, I'm not that familiar with the integrity of FIFA, the FIFA World Cup. I just think that, you know, if, if it's corrupt, I think they should stop. And, you know, if they're not corrupt, they should try. Try, try to avoid corruption. Anyway, so apparently 1994, the World Cup was held in the United States. I st still I see no evidence that it's been held in New York State. But it, wouldn't it be great if, now that Governor Hochul has been elected to a full four-year term and she's legitimately a governor who belongs in upstate New York, wouldn't it be if she could actually put in a bid for the World Cup to be held at the new football stadium that taxpayers are going to pay for. So that would give us a chance to recover all of our tax money. That'll go for the new stadium in Orchard Park. If the snow ever melts, they can build the new stadium, and then that could be one of the venues for the World Cup activities, and then they could have some of the other matches in places like Ithaca and Endicott, maybe deposit so it would be beneficial to the upstate New York economy. That would that would keep some people from moving to Florida, I bet. As they say, it's just a thought. This is Bob Joseph live on News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. We did have some discussion last week about people who speed. 
and why they do it and where they do it most. And we, we did have uh, the call this morning from Gary from Binghamton's West Side who pointed out the speeding he witnessed Sunday morning, of all places, <laughs> near the Speedway convenience store over in Glenwood Avenue in the First Ward. It makes perfect sense. You have a convenience store chain that has dozens of outlets in upstate New York. It's no wonder people are speeding when they see all those signs that says Speedway. I think that's probably why people are driving so fast on some of those streets with those convenience stores. They think it's some kind of a Speedway. Hi, WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. Where are you calling from? Oh, this is Vinny from Bampton. Yeah. And, uh, what's, you know, what's up? What you, by the way, what do you think of this World Cup? Isn't that uh, exciting? Well, yeah, it is. But, you know, Bob, I was never into soccer. I'm, I'm more the, the basketball, baseball, football guy. That, that soccer thing, the guys kick me. I, I just can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't want to be a doubting. Well, I never, I never like any kind of a contest where where they say something about nil. I don't understand mm-hmm. nil. Yeah. Why isn't I mean, zero I nil? I know, I know. But I that's know, just I mean, me, you know. And they call, yeah. you know what? They they have the unmitigated gall to call it football. In my yeah. in my worldview, there's only one football. That's right. And we know who's in charge of that. And he's That's a good right. guy. He's, well, he says he's a good guy. Roger Goodell says he's a good guy. As we learned earlier this morning, he must be a good guy because he grew up in Jamestown. I didn't know that suddenly. I didn't either. No, I, I always thought that he must have grown up like in Florida. He seems more like a Florida guy instead of a New York guy. But now that I know, yeah. at least for part of his life, he lived in Jamestown along with... Um, What's her face from uh, Natalie Merchant from Ten Thousand Maniacs? Wouldn't that be funny if it turns out that Roger Goodell and Natalie Merchant were an item back in Jamestown High School? Oh, I know. Hey, isn't wasn't Lucille Ball? Wasn't she born out there somewhere? I think so. Good point. They have the yeah. they have the Lucille Ball uh, comedy museum out there. I think in Jamestown. I I've never been to it, but I plan to get there one of these days. Yeah. Well. That's interesting. Well, um, what, I want, what I wanted to call in for was, um, you know, it, it touches right on the shooting. I, I, and with Thanksgiving coming up, it's one of those things I think we should just keep in mind again. Um, there's an article, NPR, by, I think that, I think it's pronounced Seed Ahmed. It's S-A-E-E-D-A-H-M-E-D. And he said we've had... Now, mass shootings, in this article, he concludes that mass shootings are four or more people. We've had 601 in our country so far this year, 601. And, um, you know, the club shooting, you know, we had the Virginia and the football. In the article, he talks about when we had that shooting in Buffalo with 10 people. And he said that lasted for 10 days, a little over 10 days. And then we had the one in Texas. We've, we've got a problem, and I've, uh, I've said this before on this program, and I'll say it again. It, it, we're beyond guns now. Now, I know you know, have the Democrats trying to – well, Democrats are probably Republicans trying to get the ARs and all that other kind of stuff. But I, I think our country, we're beyond that now. And in this article, they talk about how, oh, well, we've got to get the mental health, mental health. Well, what's happening that they're finding out is these are all planned violences. 
These 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 perpetrators they plan this stuff. How they're going to do it, and they find out there's a trail. But here's the key: a lot of it there's a trail of behavioral warning signs that people around these people see these people, and there's okay something's not right. The language that they speak. That's why I always wanted to know: was there more? To that young man, with that, that that man who went up there and shot Buffalo. You mean the kid from Conklin? Yeah. Did he do something down at the school too? Yeah. Well, he did. Uh, and the state police looked into it. That's another thing. We still haven't heard what exactly the state police did uh, the previous year because the the shooting happens, I believe, in Buffalo. That was in May. Well. Less than a year earlier, I believe the New York State Police were called by the school, Susquehanna Valley School, and said, look, and I'm paraphrasing and I'm going from memory, yeah. so don't don't hold me to all the facts, but essentially, apparently in an online virtual class, he made he either said or wrote some kind of a statement that needed to be looked into. So apparently the state police looked into it and, well, we still don't know where... I I want, you know, maybe this is one of the reasons the state police superintendent wound up quitting a few weeks ago. Remember, shortly before the election, he just suddenly yeah. quit, and they said it was about something else. But what if it turns out that there were also questions about the state police handling of Peyton Gendron? You know, why the secrecy? Who are they? You know, Peyton Gendron... And, and, and by the way, in fairness to Mr. Gendron, whom I have never met, but in fairness uh-huh. to him and his family, he still is not guilty. He still is innocent because he has not appeared in court. He was expected to be in court in Buffalo this afternoon, and the reports were that he was planning to plead guilty to the charges at the top supermarket uh, mass shooting. But that's been uh, postponed because of the snow in Buffalo. But based on all available public information, he went from his home, his family home, a nice home. I was outside the home in Conklin. It's a beautiful home in a beautiful neighborhood. In Susquehanna Valley High School, it's a beautiful high school. So, But the question still is, why are the New York State Police not compelled to release specific information? Who are they trying to protect? Peyton Gendron? Yeah. You know, whatever yeah. they tell us about what happened with Peyton Gendron in 2021 after that purported comment or possible, I don't think it was really a, a, a blatant threat, but it was something that needed to be looked into. So nothing that the state police reveal now about Peyton Gendron is going to have an impact on what happens to him in the future because of what happened May 14th at the supermarket. That's that's all he has to worry about right now. Whatever happened last year at Susquehanna Valley High School or with the online class, that's going to be inconsequential to him. So the only reason I can think of why the state police won't release the information is to protect themselves and to protect other people who were involved in the handling of that review. Yeah, yeah, because when you read this, read the article, you know, they talk about planned violence because you know we always want to say mental health and all that stuff. But and, and in the article it said you, we, some of us really don't understand mental health. And this man, he he planned it, but there's always that behavioral warnings. And I always wondered, did the parents see anything? Did they hear anything? Or is that a norm in your house? Oh no, he never talked. 
I mean, to go all the way up there. They because, said he killed a cat. They said said um, at his house. Apparently, yeah. he killed a cat. I don't know if it was uh, a stray cat. I can't recall the specifics. But if if I'm sorry, if you have a child or someone who lives in your home who has killed an animal, that's a that's a serious warning sign that something is wrong. It is too, Bob. And and when you write the so-called manifest talking about racism, you can pick that up in your house if he talks about things or if he, you know, whether you're watching TV, listening to the music, um, something's going to leak out. And I was, that was the thing I would love to ask the parents. You mean to tell me, you know, with him spending this time, nothing leaked out in the house. Don't want to blame them, but I'm just saying that there's a pattern. There are warning signs about this kind of stuff. And what brings a kid to do something like that? Oh, my God, Bob, he could have walked in that school and got more than that, 10 people. And that's my point. What had happened if this young man had changed just in a second and he went into his own school and did something like this? Oh, my God. Right. Well, and the other thing is nobody wants to talk about this because it hits too yep. close to home. But yeah. how come this kid could go to Nanakoke Avenue in Endicott to buy a semi-automatic Bushmaster XM-15 rifle, and clearly he had problems. Apparently he bought the rifle at the vintage firearm store, I guess in, in March of this year. So aren't, aren't there things that can be done to keep Gun stores in Endicott or Broome County from selling XM-15 rifles to mass, mass killers? I mean, I know they don't have a crystal ball. I'm sure the guy who sold him the semi-automatic Bushmaster XM-15 rifle earlier this year, I'm sure he had no idea that this 18-year-old kid from Conklin was going to go to western New York and kill people. But still, right. how come we don't have more safeguards in place to keep people who were shopping at a supermarket on a Saturday afternoon from being gunned down by a maniac from Conklin. Well, Bob, my, my, my look at it is, um, a lot of it, you know, what brings a child, a, a, a kid who's only 18, has even lived, been on this earth that long or any of those young even the one down in Texas, hadn't even lived and enjoyed life in this world yet. What makes them want to go and get a gun and kill people? And why is it in this country? The, 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 the one of the, you know, this, America is great, okay? Why, with everything that's available to you in this country, no one can stop you becoming becoming well-rounded person? What makes you want to go? You know, you should go in those old third third world countries if you think it's bad. But why would you want to do that here in this country? Well, they're blaming like they're blaming the dark web. They um, they were saying that apparently during the pandemic he went and uh, trolled the stuff on the dark web, the dark underbelly of the internet. But there has to be more to it than that. And I I would yeah. say if as it has been reported that Peyton Gendron intends to plead guilty to the charges in connection with the killing of 10 people in Buffalo last May, I would say the judge 
as part of accepting, possibly accepting that kind of uh, a plea without a trial, I would say the judge ought to say, well, first of all, have you been advised of the consequences of this plea? I mean, that has to be part of what the judge will ask him. But also say that I will not accept this plea unless, as part of ultimately the sentencing, that you agree to cooperate with experts, with experts who are going to interview you and try try to find out what in your past, for a person who's been on this planet for less than two decades, what is it in your past, whether it was in Conklin or at Susquehanna Valley Schools, were you mistreated? I mean, I think yeah. we need some answers. It's Of course, yeah. it'll never bring back the 10 people who died on that Saturday afternoon in May. But, right. but if, if Peyton Gendron would agree to cooperate with experts so we can start to get at least a few answers, because if, if ultimately, if he enters a guilty plea, and ultimately the decision is to keep him confined for the rest of his natural life, well, maybe that's okay for him, but it doesn't help society. I guess it helps society insofar as he's not going to be able to go out on weekends or any other time to supermarkets and hurt people. But, but in, in, in respect to the, the, the bigger sign, issue, Bob. well, and, and that's the thing. Right? And also, yeah. you know, as far as I know, the parents have not been... I don't. I don't recall the parents making public statements. I don't know. Maybe they did release some kind of a perfunctory statement after this happened. But ultimately, I think even even though the parents probably can't be compelled to cooperate going forward with investigations, I think I think they should volunteer, even if it would be in some ways embarrassing. I don't. I don't know what could happen because we just don't know the story, but I, I would I would wish that his parents and other family members also could be interviewed. And I'm not saying about news people interviewing. I'm talking about experts, professionals, so we can start to get a sense of where a young Peyton. Uh -huh. Look, we're all born. We're all born pretty much the same way. Uh, it, we're. We start off when we take our first breath, beautiful and innocent, and then in a matter of minutes or hours or days, our worldview starts to be formed. So I think yeah. it's, it's high time we find out at what point did he go off the rails. Yeah. Well, it's, Bob, it's kind of like Dylan Roof. Yeah. When he went in that the church down there, and he said at one point, when he was in there, he, he stopped, and he thought, he said, my, my God, these people are so nice to me. But some evilness, something took over. He said, well, no, no, i, I got to finish this. And boom, boom, boom. And so it's like, what? what is, I mean, it's just, it's just weird. I, I, it, it's just something that should be talked about, about the behavioral warnings. And I would just love to talk to the parents and ask them, did you see anything? Like that day, oh, where are you going? Well, I'm going to Buffalo. Or did he say anything like that? What were you doing up there? You know, it, yeah, apparently, so from from what we've heard, 
He took his took the family car. I don't know if it was his mom's car or whatever. Yeah. You know what? You know, take a take a look at the odometer, and say, I mean, I would think that the parents, from every little bit I've been able to learn about them, would would have noticed. Gee, the the car had um, twelve thousand two hundred miles on it on Thursday. Now it has twelve thousand. 750 miles on or whatever it's like yeah peyton what where are you going where you been with the car yeah because the way i look at it bob is either two things as far as the parents they're probably they're either really nice people that stuff talks not allowed in the house and they just didn't see anything or the opposite that's talked about in the house. i don't know that and that's you know? that's the thing based on any public accounts the very limited public accounts i've been uh privy to i've I've seen that they were very nice people and i i have a hard time uh believing that they would ever accept the kind of worldview that that their son evidently developed whether it was just in the last couple of years and maybe they did try to get him help i i don't know you know the the story the story after uh six months after after the tragedy in Buffalo, we still have let little information. And again, what what really should happen, and maybe it will, after after he finally has entered pleas to both state and federal charges, maybe at some point the New York state officials will finally release all the information they've compiled about how the reported issues were were handled last year maybe that's what they're waiting for i still don't see that um at this point in time that there's any legitimate reason for them not to release all the information they've collected because i don't i don't see how any anything about their investigation into something that happened more than a year ago will ultimately affect how how his case is handled either in the state or federal courts agree you know and it just seems to me mm-hmm. that it's yet uh, you know if kathy hochel you know she talks a good game people like kathy hochel and the attorney general tish james boy they talk a good game when it comes to mm-hmm. issues like this but both of them i believe are in a position to expedite release of information about how the new york state police and whatever other authorities were involved in the review of the Peyton yeah. Gendron case last year, you know, the, the yeah. every day they delay could be another day that allows somebody else to slip through the cracks and go on a rampage. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Appreciate your call. Um. Eleven thirty-five. Bob Joseph live on News Radio WNBF and WNBF.com. Number is six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. You're listening to News Radio, WNBF, 92.1 FM, 12.90 AM, and always available on the free WNBF app. You wash your... News Radio, 12.90, WNBF. 11.37, Bob Joseph live, WNBF. Back to the phones, John in Harpersville. Good morning, you're on the air. 
Good morning, Bob. I only caught the last few minutes of your last call, and I'm not sure how you've been, long you've been talking about it. But we can talk about the last, I'm going to say the last 30 years that I've been aware of school shootings and some of these shootings, and I know it happened long before that, but, and as much as I despise every time something like this happens, it turning into some sort of political thing about guns and, and going against people who believe in gun ownership, um, I'm not going to lay this at the feet of the liberals, but I will say that in the last 30 years, at least that I've been paying attention to it, that we've chosen to take the Pledge of Allegiance out of school, the word God out of school, the fact that a principal can paddle a kid in school, to the fact that a parent can't uh, discipline their child in public without someone thinking they're going to call DSS. I think that we, uh, with, with kids getting their participation trophies instead of learning how to work hard for what they get, I think we've just created uh, an era of, of kids who feel that they can pretty much do what they want to do when they want to do it. And, um, you know, it started, I remember 30 years ago, a town voting to take down the nativity scene because three people were offended that uh, the symbol of Christ was on, was on uh, you know, public, public property or uh, city-owned property. We, we've just gone down this slippery slope, and um, I just think that there doesn't seem to be a sense by kids, teens, even younger kids who feel that there's uh, something, some sort of ramification for for the way they behave. Now, there's always been a Ted Bundy. There's always been people with the silly X and Y chromosome, um, and you're going to get this stuff. But I, I think we've gone down a slippery slope. I'm not sure how to get back to it, but... Um, I also think that this stuff did happen years ago. I've, I've gone back to look, and there have been situations like this back in the 30s and 40s as well, but we are more aware of it due to the 24-hour news cycle, you know, um, that we didn't have back, I would say, when people my age were growing up. We got 30 minutes of national news, and that was pretty much the end of it. So um, whether it's more or not, I, I can't quantify but I will say I think we've, we've created an atmosphere where people feel less, um, feel like there's going to be less uh, uh, for them to have to account for when things like this happen. Well, so if you could change, what what is the one change that you would enact right now that you would think would reduce the likelihood of school shootings? Well, I think we've gotten past to the point. I think I think we certainly need to spend more money to secure the schools. I will say that. But again, we were talking about a supermarket earlier. There's there's no way to get around that. Um, but uh, just just the way just the way we're raising kids, and, and I know I sound old by saying that. My grandfather probably said I was being raised a little bit too liberally. But um, we're, we're just we're just constantly protecting these kids. Um, from, from, you know, I got spanked in school. I turned out okay. I didn't shoot anybody. Um, I, you know, we said the Pledge of Allegiance. We were allowed to say under God. We were allowed to have uh, an Easter and a Valentine's Day celebration in school, despite the fact that there was some religious connotation to it. And if somebody was offended, that was on them. It wasn't on me. 
If they were offended, they could they could stay away from it, as opposed to have to have ninety five percent of the people um, not uh, not participate in something that they felt strongly in. I, I'm I'm not sure on 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 the fly here that I could talk about any sort of legislation, but I, I would like to see a little bit more accountability um, for for things that happen at the younger age that may help curb what happens at 15, 16, 17, 18. John, I appreciate appreciate your call, and we'll see uh, what other listeners have to add on this important topic. I I do appreciate your calling in. Have a good holiday, Bob. Thank you, John. You too. 1142, it is Thanksgiving week, and we are grateful for what we have in this country, and we also understand not everybody is... um, is fortunate a lot of people are still struggling and people perhaps in the past who did not really struggle much maybe at this time you're struggling financially or with health issues or whatever so we just wish everyone the best under the circumstances and even though it is a week where most of us will gather to celebrate we also aren't going to ignore real-life ongoing concerns, including things like shootings and violence and inflation. I know we're not here to make you feel bad. We're just here to, to have conversation. You know, we can, we can multitask. We can talk about the real problems that do face our communities. At the same time, we can acknowledge that we're grateful for what we do have. 607-772-1290 is the number. You're listening to Bob Joseph Live on a Monday morning on News Radio WNBF. Are you ready? Good morning, 1146. Bob Joseph live on News Radio WNBF. Tom and Vestal, good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Um, I think something that I, I don't seem to hear much discussion about, but with kids, especially at a younger age, I think one of the problems we really need to look at long and hard is letting smartphones, laptops, iPads, and so on be babysitters for kids, kids unattended out on the internet, and there is so much that they can absorb and so much that they can fall into kind of a black hole mentality, but way too much time unsupervised getting drawn into to various uh, sites and so on that can really have an adverse effect on them. I kind of dealt with that with my sons 20 years ago, and that was really just about the inception of the internet uh, or shortly thereafter. But I think pe- people really need to step back and say, why am I letting my child just go out on their own, unsupervised, hour after hour, late into the night, getting drawn into these different sites? Not to mention everything that you see on television that's you know just there for the for the picking for for any child with a smart device of some sort. I agree. I agree. If if I had a kid today, I would uh, the only kind of phone that the kid would have would be a phone that's capable of dialing making phone calls i don't know if they make phones like that but i would i would find a phone and if it had internet access i would find a way to disable it if i had a kid under the age of 18 yep yeah and and the kid you know uh we would have a family computer 
and it would be in the living room, and I would be keeping a, a pretty close eye. I, I'm sure my kids wouldn't like me. Right, right. But I, I think there's a lot to be said there. There's so much uh, potential for indoctrination at a young age. And not to mention, too, I kind of forgot about um, the computer games that are out there that, you know, where you get points for shooting indiscriminately at, at uh, people. You know, they just yeah. normalize this stuff. It's terrible. Um, really the ga- those computer at- games now are so realistic, those those uh, shooter games. And it's uh, uh, given what all kids are exposed to these days, I'm actually surprised we don't have more problems than we already do. Uh, unfortunately, I would agree with you. Yeah. Appreciate your call, okay. Tom. Thank you. Thanks. Let's take another call. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? This is Larry from Kirkwood, Bob. Hey, Larry. Oh, I'm May on the air? You are. Oh. <laughs> okay. You know, I agree 100% with the last caller. You know, it's about being adults, not being your best friends. And, you know, you got to protect the children from all the nonsense that's going on the, around on the Internet. Yeah. I don't know what we can do. I mean, because I can't imagine any parents out there right now. And I know it's at the end of the program. Maybe I'll pose this tomorrow at the start of the program. If if we have parents who are listening, parents who have uh, children under the age of 18, if there are any parents at this moment who make sure that their kids don't have a phone that has Internet access, and um, obviously I think for, for education, kids need some Internet access, but how, how closely do you pay attention to what your kid is consuming? That'll be something I'll ask on tomorrow's program. Yeah, yeah, very important. Uh, Thank you. you. I've seen so many kids with with their their smartphones in their hands and talking away there. Just on on the face of it, they're just constantly on the phone. It's just so sad. It's ridiculous. I know. It is. Kids are addicted. I'm addicted to an extent. I'm trying to work on it. I do try to exercise some discretion with my phone and the internet i'm not successful all the time but i think sometimes the the stuff that we're consuming on the internet youtube the other stuff i think there's an addictive quality to it and i don't believe that as much as we consume that it's ultimately that good for us there are good things about the internet but i think we we need to find new ways to control our consumption. It's 11.51. More to come on this Monday morning. Bob Joseph live on WNBF. It's about... WNBF, WNBF.com, Bob Joseph. 
Looking at the email, Bob at WNBF.com. Virginia from Rochester writes, Why are we still so reluctant to ban the AR-15? And she uh, includes a, a tweet that noted in so many mass shootings, AR-15 associate with it, or sometimes AR-15 is, they say, similar to AR-15, but she points out, and this is from a tweet, but she notes Uvalde, Buffalo, Boulder, Orlando, Parkland, Las Vegas, Aurora, Sandy Hook, and so on. They apparently involved weapons known as AR-15s or AR-15-style weapons. Why are we so reluctant to ban them? It's a good question. Why? Why indeed? Who, who out there needs an AR-15? Seriously. Who listening needs an AR-15? I know no one who needs it. So, but I know people will call in, although they probably won't be able to call in today because we're almost done. People will call in and say, but I should be able to have one. Well, I know. Yeah, you should be able to have one because you're a law-abiding person. Okay. But you don't need one. But you should have one because you're a law-abiding person. But it still begs the question, then what can be done for people who have big problems getting hold of AR-15s or something similar? What can be done? I mean, apparently nothing. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, hi, Bob. It's Dave from Vestal. Hey. Uh, hey, Bob. Um, every time we have this topic and discuss this, nobody ever seems to talk much about deterrence or consequences. It's always, well, what can we do? What can we take away from people? Well, mental health. What? How about deterrence and consequences, Bob? How, let's start with an eye for an eye. Let's start there. Let's make it so people don't want to do this, so they know that if they don't kill themselves when they do it, that we're going to kill them. What In a lot do? of cases, they're suicidal anyway. A lot, a lot of mass killers wind up going in. I, I believe Peyton Gendron on uh, some of his postings indicated he didn't really think he was going to survive. Even now, Peyton Gendron, who authorities say went from Conklin to Buffalo to kill black people, I, I bet Peyton Gendron still, six months later, can't believe he's alive. I think he probably expected he would have been killed after oh, he started killing people. So I don't, I don't think additional punishment, threats of additional punishment, I don't think that's going to be effective. Oh, it would help, Bob, especially for the people that think they're going to sit in prison and, and, and live on our dime the rest of their life. But that would definitely deter them. Yeah. I, I, would, I would think, Bob, if... Well, it's not going to help the mentally ill. You're right. It's not going to help them. But, but the thing it, is, and, and I'm obviously, I'm not a, a professional, so I can't, I can't attest to the, the state of mind that Peyton Gendron had on that Saturday in May, if he indeed did what the authorities believe he did. I, but I, I can't believe, I can't believe he didn't have some sort of mental illness. 
if he if he drove from Broome County all the way to Erie County to kill black people. Right. People that do stuff like this, Bob, how many times people that are caught and they will plead guilty and work with law enforcement as long as the death penalty is taken off the table? How many times do we see that? We see that all the time because they don't want to die, Bob. So let's make it so they know they're going to die when they do stuff like that. And they don't, they have no choice. Well, we'll discuss this more tomorrow on the program as far as crime and punishment. It's 11.57, Monday morning, Bob Joseph live on WNBF. Who's thirsty? I'm Bob Joseph. Thanks for joining us on this Monday. We'll continue the mission tomorrow from 9 a.m. to noon, right here on News Radio, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Oh,